What can we learn about sales and storytelling from a lifeguard? Yeah, let's talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Monday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, joining you live from our Stratus IP studios. Don't let cyber attacks or outdated business technology put your company at risk. Learn more at briannicholsshow.com forward slash Stratus IP. So can we, in fact, learn some sales techniques from a story from a lifeguard? Joining us today to discuss all that and more, John Livesey. John, welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. I think we should probably clarify that I'm a former lifeguard. I'm not currently on duty. <laughs> well, that'd be good because uh, right now your, your devoted attention, I think, is for 20 minutes towards the Brian Nichols Show audience. We don't want any accidents happening. But hey, let's actually rewind a little bit because we're going to start things off today telling or you're rather you're going to tell a story about when you were a lifeguard and how that experience of being a lifeguard actually impacted a lot of where you are today, not just in your uh, your world of sales, but also in storytelling. And that is something you learned when you were a lifeguard. So, John, how about you start things off there? Sure. You have to picture that I'm about 19 years old, so many years ago, sitting on my lifeguard perch in the suburbs of Chicago on a hot summer afternoon. Uh, usually I had a whistle around my neck and some mirror sunglasses and zinc oxide on my nose, thinking I looked pretty cool. But mostly I just blew the whistle at kids running on wet cement not to fall. But this one afternoon, Brian, there's a little 12-year-old girl standing on the edge of the high dive, looking down with a great deal of trepidation and I thought, oh boy, this is probably her first time jumping off. And that alone made me sit up on the edge of my lifeguard perch. And she finally got the courage to jump off. And I start counting how many seconds is she underwater? Four seconds, five seconds, six seconds. And I thought, oh, she's been under too long. She finally gets up. She's flailing and coughing. And I thought, even if I threw her a buoy, she wouldn't see it. So I dive in, pull her to the side. And she's still choking and coughing, but I knew she was going to be okay. So while that event happened so many years ago, the lesson of stress and panic not happening, but instead staying calm has stayed with me my entire career. Even when years later, I got laid off from a job, that lesson to not panic and stay calm, which is another story, uh, really stayed true for me. And I wanted to maybe dig into what you then go on to explain a little bit more. And that's something we've talked about here on the Brian Nichols Show, because as we teased in the intro, we talk about not just the world of sales and marketing, but also how can we apply them to the world of politics? And sometimes, John, that requires us to get outside of our comfort zone. So can you talk a little bit, a little bit about getting out of your comfort zone and how that helps you along your way? Yes. Well, when you are in a comfort zone, you know, you tend to do things the same way, go to work the same way every day or whatever it is. In my case, I'd been selling advertising for Condé Nast, for magazines for many years. And then I got that call from my boss in New York saying, you know, we've decided we're going to have to lay off everybody outside of New York and 30% of the outside, you know, salespeople um, in New York as well. So I said, well, don't you need a status report to know where these ads that are scheduled should appear? And she said, well, that'd be great. But everyone else is so angry they're storming out. And I thought, I'm not gonna do that. And it was my lifeguard training to not panic when I was getting laid off. 
that really impacted me because little did I know that two years later I'd get rehired by leaving on such a good note. And I ended up winning salesperson of the year for all of Condé Nast against 400 reps around the world. So that ability to stay calm under pressure really helps all of us in many situations. And of course, we all just experienced a pandemic. So <laughs> we were disrupted again. So we have a choice. Do I panic here or do I stay calm? Well, and that leads right into the next uh, part. And that is, well, fear, right? We've all felt fear over the past three years and we feel fear in a lot of different areas in life. So what are the three faces of fear and how would you recommend we address them there, John? Well, the first one is the fear of rejection. And of course, if you're in sales, you know that fear is common. But my solution here is to never reject yourself or what you're selling. When I was selling ads for Condé Nast and they were say, we're going with somebody else, I thought, mm, maybe somebody else could have convinced them to say yes. Or maybe what I'm selling isn't the best. Don't do that to yourself. Never reject yourself. The second fear is the fear of the unknown. Well, what's going to happen in the future? And I think the key here is don't go it alone. Collaborate. Get some help. Work with your coworkers. Get some outside help. And then, of course, the final fear is the fear of failure. You know, what if this doesn't work out and I'll be embarrassed and waste time and money. And one of my friends said, you know, failure is just feedback. You keep going until you get a zombie idea so great it won't die. And now a word from our sponsors. E-A-B-L-E-S. Ebels. Remember that name because if you suffer from chronic joint and muscle pain like me, then Ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil is your answer to your prayers. Ebels is truly a game changer in the natural alternatives to big pharma drugs. And yours truly can indeed vouch for the quality of Ebels. Having a herniated disc in my back, coupled with years of sports injuries, I was struggling to find something, anything to help manage my pain. That is until Ebels. And right now, Ebels is offering a special discount to all members of the Brian Nichols Show audience on all orders. All you have to do is head to Ebels.com and use promo code TBNS. That's it. Discount applied. Again, the code is TBNS at checkout to start managing your pain today with the highest quality CBD on the market. One more time, that is code TBNS at checkout. You're the pitch whisperer, John. Talk to us about that. What does it require one to become a pitch whisperer? There's a whole training and graduate program at Harvard. No, uh, I was giving a sales keynote talk to Anthem Insurance and they had said, you know, after your talk, could you stay? We're going to have an improvisation session. People are going to shout out objections from the audience and people are going to be on stage role playing. And if you could stay on stage and whisper in their ear something from your talk in case they got stuck, that would be great. And it worked really well and people loved it. And they said, oh, I wish you could be my ear when I'm in the field. And I told that story to Inc. Magazine and they said, well, sounds like you're the pitch whisperer. <laughs> I loved it. And I took it and uh, now trademarked it. I like it. Well, there you go. Um, well, let's talk about something I, I think goes along with why you got called the pitch whisperer and also goes to why the audience has been so captivated today throughout the episode. That is that you're really good at telling stories, John. Talk to us about how we can more effectively craft yes. compelling stories that get people captivated, but also eventually sell. Well, there's a checklist for your story. It should be clear, concise, and compelling. If it's not clear and you use a bunch of acronyms and you confuse people, they're going to say no. It needs to be concise because you want people to be able to remember and repeat your story for you when they have other meetings and other people they meet. And finally, it needs to be compelling because it has to tug at our heartstrings. The stakes have to be high enough in the story for us to care 
about this, what's happening in the story. So clear, concise, and compelling is your checklist. The next time you're telling a story, ask people, was it clear? Was it concise enough for you to remember? And did it make you feel anything? What's a story outside of your own personal stories, but you can just look beyond, maybe even in the world of politics, someone who either told a great story or one that just sticks out in particular that you're like, wow, that was in fact a great story and here's why. Well, I would say that I can give you a story of a client's story. Okay. They were selling a product that made surgeries go 30% faster and they couldn't figure out why doctors weren't buying it. And I said, it's because there's no story. And so we crafted this story that imagine how happy Dr. Higgins was six months ago using our equipment. He could go out to the patient's family an hour earlier than expected. And if you've ever waited for someone you love to come out of surgery, you know, every minute feels like an hour. And the doctor said to them, good news. The scope shows they don't have cancer. They're going to be fine. The family was very relieved. The doctor turns to the rep and says, you know, this is why I became a doctor from moments like this. Now that rep tells that case story instead of a case study or a fact to another doctor at another hospital who nine times out of 10 will say, that's why I became a doctor. I want your equipment too. So stories like that, that pull people in, that they see themselves in, allow you to get people to buy because you're magnetic with your storytelling instead of pushing out a fact. There were two emotions you brought up there. The first one I hear, uh, heard was the word happy, which refers to love. And then the other one I heard was the, uh, the the fear that people have when they're sitting in the waiting room waiting. And I, I you know, think that is something that we, we should talk about maybe a little bit more is the use of emotions when you're crafting storytelling. How do you find effectively bridging both using love and fear to help tell compelling stories? Well, a story has four parts. There's the exposition, the who, what, where, when. You paint a picture like you're a journalist. I said the doctor's name, the location. And the emotion part comes in when you describe the problem. So, Brian, the better you describe someone's problem by showing empathy and describing some emotions that that person is feeling in your story, uh, that also gets people to feel something and to have the emotional connection. Because remember, people buy emotionally and then back it up with logic. Then the third step is the solution, but here's the secret to a great story. There's a resolution. What is life like after that product or service or hiring you has happened? So imagine if the Wizard of Oz ended when Dorothy got in the balloon to go back to Kansas, the end. But now there's that wonderful resolution scene where she's in bed saying, oh, there's no place like home and you were there. So having four parts of a story that have emotion in it make us feel something and that's what helps us remember it. So when, when we're trying, and now I'm putting myself into the, uh, the vulnerability chair here, okay. when you're trying to sell some boring stuff, right? Like cybersecurity or mm. technology, just stuff that sometimes feels like you're watching a paint dry, right? How, how would you recommend being able to craft some yeah. compelling stories that get IT directors, chief information officers, folks like that, who maybe their, you know, particular product set that they're working with also isn't so sexy that they feel it's particularly emotionally driving as well. What would you recommend? Well, I work with a lot of uh, companies in technology and healthcare who have products that you may not think are, quote, sexy. <laughs> um, and so the, the first thing I do is I will say, what happens if this product doesn't work? So let's take cybersecurity. What are the stakes? 
if, well, we know what it's like when emails get hacked and information gets leaked and suddenly there's a little bit of drama. Let me give you another example. When I was working with Honeywell, they make a fan that is in the operating room to keep the room clean. And they talk about how fast it was spinning and particles and nothing really sexy. I said, well, what happens if the fan doesn't work? And they said, well, you know, the patients are exposed where they're being operated on, they could get infected. I said, okay, that's interesting. But here's the two other words I would encourage people to ask. Anything else? And they said, hmm, well, now that you ask, uh, this is pre-COVID, by the way, um, <laughs> it also keeps the doctors and nurses from getting secondhand smoke. They're in there all day cutting people and there's smoke coming. And if that fan's not working properly, I said, aha, that's the story we're going to tell. And we're going to tell it to HR. We're not talking to the purchasing department anymore. We're telling that story of safety for the employees to an HR person and how they need to have that because God forbid one of those nurses or doctors gets secondhand smoke because they didn't get the right fan in the room. Suddenly the cost is not as relevant. Right. It's a must have instead of, oh, why do we need a fan that spins this much faster? So that's an example of taking something that's a fan, not terribly exciting until you put a story to it. So how do you recommend, and this is maybe tough because it's hard to figure out what story to tell mm. at the right time, right? And I see this, I've been doing this now for you know about a decade and I see I have oodles of stories I can pick from at any given time, but how do you know which story to tell at the right moment? Well, think of your brain like a playlist Instead of songs coming out, you have stories in there. So it's great that you have multiple stories, but you need to have the right story to the right person, as you said, at the right time. So I would encourage everybody listening to write down your three to five big avatars. You know, this is, I'm talking to a purchasing person, I'm talking to a CEO, or if you're selling homes, for example, well, there's a situation where it's a family's first time buyer, or it's an elderly couple scaling down, have different scenarios ready to go so that you tell a story that is most likely for, to get that person to see themselves in that story. And then you no longer have to be pushy closing. You just simply say, does that sound like the kind of journey you'd like to go on? And if you've told the right story, nine times out of 10, the person's going to see themselves in it and say, yes, it does. We, we know when we talk to our buyer, we're talking to a persona, but we're also talking to a person. Yeah. I think that's also sometimes the most important thing is to remove the A from persona and remember that in fact it is a human being that you are talking to, someone just sure. like you, that they put their shoes on the same exact way every morning. So when we're talking to that individual, I think it's not only important to address the business concerns and the business problems, but you mentioned it too, the human problems, the human yeah. issues that that person is experiencing. So how would you recommend uncovering those in a tactful way when you're trying to have these conversations with your, your prospect, with your, your persona, your, your target buyer, without maybe being too aggressive, but still touching on those pain points? Well, I think it starts at the beginning of the sales call. Uh, and I have something where I call it a story of origin. For example, if I was working with you, I'd say, Brian, how did you get into this data security, all these other things? And you would say, oh, well, I first I stumbled upon it or I was always fascinated by data or whatever your story is that got you into this. I work with architects. You know, they have all kinds of stories of how they, you know, as a kid, were taken downtown to see skyscrapers or played with Legos. There's some human element there. And once you share your own story of origin, it's so easy to then ask the person, not the persona that you're talking to, 
tell me your story of origin. How did you get into this? And you'll be amazed at what comes up and that builds rapport in a very different way than just talking about sports or the weather. You have a brand new book coming out. Now you have some other books in the past. You have the seven uh, powerful selling secrets. You have the successful pitch and then better selling through storytelling, which obviously we've been talking about a lot today, but you have a brand new book coming out and it maybe takes a little bit of a turn from that original approach. And instead you're telling a story <laughs> about that. And this is the sale is in the tale. Talk to us about your brand new book and what can folks expect there? Well, it's a business fable. So it literally is a story about storytelling set here in Austin where I live. Storyception. Yes. <laughs> and again, the goal is that you're on the journey. And I have people um, writing me sometimes going, oh, I thought this lead character was going to do this instead of that. And I love that because it means you're invested in the story. So as you're learning and seeing yourself in a salesperson who's struggling and in a slump to get out of that slump because he learns about storytelling from a coworker, um, you go on that journey and then at the end of it, you realize you've actually learned a lot about the different kinds of stories to tell and how to tell them. And there's some methodology and templates for people to follow. So people are very engaged. So it's another way to get the information out without it being um, quite so direct, but instead a little more entertaining, hopefully. All right, John. Well, we are already heading toward the tail end of the episode, which means we are getting ready for our final thoughts. And how about this? I'll kick things off. And this is something that we've been talking about here in the, the Brian Nichols show for my goodness, since 2018, when we started the program, and that is the idea of storytelling. Mm. Now we've been focusing specifically in the world of politics. How do we tell stories in that world? But you know, as we've grown over the years here at the show, we've taken a much more hardline approach to the world of sales and marketing, but also talking to a lot more entrepreneurs and business professionals out there. This obviously, folks, it correlates into the business world. If not, this is kind of what we started focusing on in the business world and having success there and now bring to the world of politics here at the Brian Nichols Show. And that's why we're doing it, because it works. We have folks like John showing that it works and obviously going through uh, today and outlining how it works. So with that uh, being said, John, that were my final thoughts. What do you have for us? I would say that when you remember that whoever tells the best story is the one that's going to persuade someone to do something that you no longer have to feel like you're pushing out facts and figures. People want to buy from people that they trust and like. And more importantly, there's an unspoken question everybody has, which is, will this work for me? And if you tell a story that they see themselves in, they're going to be answering that question. Yes, I do, because I see myself in the story. And you're going to start getting more people to buy whatever it is you're selling. The sale is in the tail. John, where can folks go ahead and grab their copy if they want to start reading as soon as possible? Well, it's on Amazon. It's also on Audible with me narrating it. If you take out your phone and text the word PITCH, P-I-T-C-H, to 66866, you get the first chapter for free to see if you're intrigued enough to want to read more. 66866. We will include that link in the show notes and also folks just to make sure you didn't miss anything from today's episode we're going to make it really easy for you if you're joining us here on the audio version of the show which i know 99 of you are click the artwork in your podcast catcher it'll bring you over to today's episode where you can find the entire transcript from the episode plus you can find all of uh, john's links plus you can find all 684 other episodes of the Brian Nichols show. Now, uh, with that being said, also, we do have a video version of the show, which I know some of you uh, can go ahead and find both on YouTube, Odyssey, and Rumble. But do me a favor, wherever you go, hit that little notification bell and subscribe button so you don't miss a single time we go live. And with that being said, John, where can folks go ahead? And if they want to follow you, continue the conversation. Where can they go ahead and do that? 
on Instagram, I'm the Pitch Whisperer. And um, you can also follow me on LinkedIn, which is just my name, John Livesey. And I look forward to interacting with as many people as are interested in hearing more about storytelling. Perfect. All right, folks. Well, there you have it. And uh, by the way, the, the conversation today will not end there. If you're joining us here on the YouTube, uh, well, you know that not only is storytelling important and when you're trying to uh, help make people change a decision or, or actually make a decision, but also building trust. How do you build trust? We're going to continue that conversation here on YouTube with Daryl Sickle. He joined me to t- uh, talk about all that and more. So I will see you over there. But with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for John Livesey. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Enjoying the audio version of the show? Then you'll love our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you're new to The Brian Nichols Show, be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. If you got value from today's episode, can you do me a favor and head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and leave us a $5 donation? And by the way, have you given the show a five-star review yet? If not, head to Apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program and don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty. And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to the Brian Nichols Show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support.